The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. We will read Psalm 42. Thank you so much. I'm sure you had a wonderful song all planned. Amen. Welcome to KC. (laughs) Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. In fact, I've preached uh, a message very similar to this before nearly every year. And the reason is because right around now, people lose their minds. (laughs) Christmas is over is sort of this... Sort of settles in. You're wondering when the sun is going to get a little bit. How many of you know the days are getting longer? And so from Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, we're going to give you a prescription from Dr. Jesus of how to overcome depression and discouragement. Overcoming depression and discouragement. Psalm 42 Let's read the word of the Lord from the New Inter- uh, pardon me, New King James Version tonight. As a deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longeth for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where's your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. With the multitude, I kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is Pardon me. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember. Say that. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mitzar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me, a prayer to God for my life. (laughs) I will say to God, my rock, why have you forsaken me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Say that. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. That's Psalm 42. Psalm 43 now. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against the ungodly nation. O deliver me from from deceitful and unjust men. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to my God, to God, my exceeding joy. On the harp, I will praise you. Oh, God, my God, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for what you're going to do tonight. Thankful for the baptisms tonight. Thankful for people that you've gathered hungry for your word. They've come even from great distances to hear your word and to celebrate what you're doing. And Lord, we ask now that you would speak to us. Come on, put your hands on your own heart and ask God to speak to you tonight. Lord, speak to us tonight out of the volume of your word. Give us living understanding. 
May we be changed in such a way that we would even be able to bring this truth to others. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you've been sick and in need of doctor's help, you'll go. And there is occasion when a doctor will give you a prescription. And I think they might give more prescriptions than necessary at times. They're very thankful for doctors, though. And I'm thankful for modern medicine. But most of all, I'm thankful for the great physician, Jesus. And he uses doctors, and we're thankful for that. But where do you go when you're in discouragement? Where do you go when you're depressed? Where do you go when you're downcast? I don't know your background or what you've come from. I spent many, many, many hours on the psychiatrist's couch. And I will tell you that in my um, many years of group therapy, individual therapy, all kinds of therapy I went through before Christ, I will tell you that it was fruitful in many ways, very helpful. But in the end, it lacked the power that I really needed to get free. And it didn't deal with curses and it didn't deal with my sin problem. Some of those times tried to convince me that I was God, but I forgot. And uh, I knew that that wasn't true. Prescription of how to overcome discouragement, you'll see right here in the Psalms. Talk to your soul. Everybody say, "Talk talk to your soul. Look, you are more than your emotions. Now, we talked about tonight, uh, this morning, pardon me, we talked this morning. It all blends together. This is our fourth service today. (laughs) We talked this morning about 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The he, he is a new creation, is talking about your spirit, man. So when you receive Jesus, he comes to live in your heart or your spirit. There's three parts to you, just like there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the three in one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. But over and over through scripture, we see that he says things like, let us make man in our image. Well, he's not psychotic. I mean, there's this three in one. And you see, over and over, God representing himself as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We use the the illustration that is found in the Gospels where Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he's baptized. And while he's being baptized, the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Father speaking, that's one. My Son is two, in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes like a dove. That's three, three in one God. And you see it throughout Scripture. There's three parts to you. You are spirit. When you receive Jesus, he comes to live in your heart. He comes to live in your spirit. That is the aspect of you that's going to live forever. How many of you know this is not it? This is an internship. You're passing through. This is a test. How are you doing, by the way? How are you doing in your test? This is a test. This is training to rule and reign with him. Comes to live inside your heart, it comes to live inside your spirit, but you still have your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you still have your physical body. So, in the same way that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are spirit, soul, and body. When you are going through discouraging times, you must learn to do what the psalmist did. The psalmist talked to his soul, he talked to himself. Now, you'll have people that say, You should never talk to yourself. That's not good. People are going to think you're crazy. Well, the psalmist did it. And when you're going through things, I mean, I've rebuked myself. Some of you need a good rebuking. I've rebuked myself. I mean, I've certainly been rebuked by others, especially by wife, praise the Lord. But there are times when you can... For me specifically, and it's, it's almost always around the holiday season right around now. It's because of some of the things I went through, I think, when I was a kid. 
and the tape will start to play. Now, I've erased the tape. I've renewed my mind, but I even, it even started again. I mean, we're talking 20 years, 20 years, and it's like the tape starts playing. And I have to stop the tape. And I have to talk to my soul and say, stop it. Some of you don't even understand what I'm talking about. You start, your emotions can get going in a direction and you can start working yourself into the thoughts of depression and hopelessness. You need to take your right hand with exceeding force and hit yourself upside the head. Stop. Come on, you're blessed. Say it, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You've got to speak to your soul. Got to speak to your soul. And you've got to talk to God about your soul. That's the next thing that the psalmist does. So what do you mean by that? He says, he, he begins to remember Psalm 42. Begins to remember some of the things that God has done. Remember the mountaintop experiences. Remember how God set you free, how God delivered you, how he came through in the midnight hour, 1159 and 59 seconds, and bang, he came through for you. Oh, it might have felt like it was 1.30, but it really was just 11.59. I've found that God is never late. He sure isn't early either, but he's never late. Might feel late to you, but it's not late for him. He knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly how to orchestrate your miracle and how to bring you through. And if you, if you have faith in God and know and trust his leadership, you got to trust God. You've got to develop a life that, that's, that, that's in him and, and trusting in him. When I go through difficult times, I begin to preach to myself. And I, I talk to my soul and I talk to God about my situation. I say, Lord, you did it before. You can do it again. This ain't nothing for you. In fact, I remember the time and I'll just begin to spout off to God. I remember that time when you came in. It was impossible. You showed up. You set me free. You did this thing. You brought the divine appointment. You brought the finances. You brought the the organization. You gave me everything I needed and you delivered me then. You can do it now, God. You can do it now and I need your breakthrough. I need your help. Listen, many people don't talk to God. Talking to God is prayer. Remember the mountaintop experiences, Mount Hermon. Remind yourselves of times of refreshing. I remember in in 1995, there's been many other times, but I remember in 1995, I I was a part of a discipleship group that went to a revival meeting. And when I was in that meeting, I was minding my own business. I had to go. I was lined up with all a bunch of other brothers that were there. Regular church service, so I thought. The guest speaker got up and began to talk, and he showed us a little video. They brought a, I'm at 95, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have like... DVD setups that I can recall. It was a v, it was a VHS tape, and they dragged a projector out in front of a thousand people and set it up, and they put a VHS tape in, and we saw a service where, as what he said, heaven came down, and angels began to sing. And I was skeptical, like some of you might be skeptical right now. And I thought, oh yeah, sure, angels singing. And it started to play. And I found myself hearing the worship of heaven. I entered into where there's worship that's before the throne. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I will tell you, If you enter into that worship service, you will never, ever be the same. And many people in the body of Christ have not had that kind of encounter. But you can. We're so used to our phones. We're so used to iPads and the distractions of modern technology that when we run into difficulty, 
we sedate ourselves with bonbons, donuts, caffeine, sugar, and iPhones. Just saying. But when you're desperate and when you're hurting and when you're broken, you can enter in. I, I remember times like that. I remember I was raised in a good family, but I rejected all of that. And I, I wound up in a situation where I'm mean, going to hesitate to share this because, well, it's not that I look like a fool. I'm a fool already, and I don't have a problem with that. It's just that when I start to share it, I mess myself up. So I'm going to go for it. We'll see if we can quench the spirit while I do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I was at down and out. I mean down and out. No more money. No more nothing. I've hurt everybody. Nobody's going to take my phone call. I'm at the end, the end of the end of the end. And I'm in the Wilshire Boulevard district there of of Los Angeles, California. It's 4, 3 in the morning, which is the hell hour, by the way, if you've ever been out there. 3 in the morning, 3 to 4, 3 to 6. It is hell in the street right then. There's all, that's when most, it's the fourth watch. All you intercessors know what I'm talking about. The fourth watch of the night is one of the most powerful times of intercession because that is one of the times when the devil rages more than at any other time. And I know that full well by my own personal experience as well as biblically. And so it's about three in the morning and I have, uh, I've been beat up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm wandering around. My feet are, are bleeding from walking for days in the street. Well, this is what Jesus set me free from. Do you wonder why I'm so happy? <laughs> if, if you know what Jesus brought me out of, you go, well, no wonder, because that guy was a freak. Yeah, absolutely, Jesus set me free. Amen. So I remember that, and I remember being so thirsty that I'd have done anything for a drink of water. I mean, I'm so thirsty, and I don't even know the Lord, but I, he was protecting me all along. My mother, on a 21-day fast, I wish she was here. She knows the whole story because God showed it to her in the Spirit. While she was thousands of miles away, she was interceding for her son, who was in California on near death. And I remember walking the street, and I was saying, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. And I was weeping and tired and cold, and I saw a mud puddle. When I saw the mud puddle, it was like God delivered me. And I got up to that mud puddle. And I put one hand on the curb. I will never forget it. I put one hand on the curb and I knelt down. And I put my other hand on the side of the puddle. And I got about this close, about two feet away. And I scared myself with my reflection. I was, ah! I thought, I, I thought it was, you know, I was so paranoid and had so many things happen to me. I didn't know who I was looking at. I, I looked and I saw the skeleton of a, a shell of who I used to be. I was lean, mean, ripped, 220. Oh, but not then. Then I had lost it all. I was about 165 pounds uh, and I looked like a vampire. My eyes scooped out and my face is bleeding. My lips cracked. My feet were bleeding, and I looked down, and I saw my reflection in the mud puddle from the moonlight or, or from a streetlight. Ah, I don't know what it was from. And I said, ah! And I, and I realized what I had become. And I started to weep, and I said, God, God, if you can save me. I didn't even know what that meant. And I remember my tears hitting the puddle. And when the tears hit the puddle, the, the, the ripples going on. And I said, God, save me. God, help me. God, help me. And I leaned down and took a long drink from the mud puddle. And it was the best tasting puddle of mud I've ever had. Never had another one since, actually. So, You know why I never had another one? Because he saved me. Because he delivered me. And I think when things get difficult, listen now, listen, when things get difficult for me, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. I will never end up in that kind of situation ever again. It doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm put to the stake or if it means death, so be it. There's nothing that can ever bring me to that place of hopelessness ever again. Even at the taking of my own life, it matters not. So when difficulty comes, I just go, I, if it's really bad, I go, 
Oh yeah, come on, Jesus. I just think about that go. Ha, 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 this ain't nothing, man. Come on. Ah, ah, it ain't nothing. Think about what God has done for you. Remember, am, spiritual amnesia is a recipe for disaster. If you forget what God's done for you, you will never make it in the days ahead. You've got to talk to your soul. <laughs> You've got to talk to God about your soul. Remember mountaintop experiences. And be boldly honest with God. Don't play Christian, Christianese. Don't be religious with the Lord. He knows. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, zip it. Pour your heart out to God. Pour out your heart to God. He knows what you're feeling anyway. We need to lie to him. How you doing? I'm good, God. Praise. He knows you're rotting. He knows you're like a sepulcher filled with dead men's bones, whitewashed on the outside. And ask God to intervene specifically. Ask God to intervene. And that's what the psalmist did. Change your focus of attention. Change your focus from yourself to God. Well, that's a novel idea. You know, the biggest idol we have in America is self. Bill Bright, many years ago, did the, a little pamphlet that we use. Some of you heard of it, the four spiritual laws. How many of you ever heard of the four spiritual laws? Well, when you are on the throne of your life, your life will be in utter destruction. I mean, it's just terrible. You're separated from God. It's horrible. When you get off the throne and allow him to sit on the throne of your life and to be the Lord, to be Lord. I don't mean to be just some Christian Sunday thing that you do to ease your conscience. I mean, you make him Lord Sunday through Sunday. And he becomes Lord like, like that. Your life will be easier. You're not made to worship yourself. Oh, come on now. If you stand in front of the mirror, I mean, I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day. I thought, you know, I know I've gained a lot of weight. I haven't gotten on the scale. I'm half scared too. But I feel like a sugar cookie. Praise the Lord. So... <laughs> I was looking at the mirror and I'm thinking, you didn't really gain that much weight. Then I turned sideways. <laughs> but the longer you stare at yourself, the more depressing and discouraging it is. You know, we're, we, we, our egos are just, you know, we have such ego problems. It's just such pride problems. <laughs> I was getting my baptismal shirt on up in my office. And I have a mirror oh, that I haven't worked out in months. I've got an elbow situation. I'm believing to get healed. And so I, I stood in front of the mirror and I went, that's all right. <laughs> to my wife I said I said that's all right she goes yeah that's all right yeah. <laughs> I said oh Jesus what an ego what a what a prideful thing can you imagine the Lord he looks down on us like really you're gonna go preach and you're busting a double bicep pose in the mirror that's great son praise the Lord <laughs> when you stare at yourself it's depressing Oh, I'm losing more hair. Oh, yeah, outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day, even going from glory to glory. Get your eyes off of yourself. You ugly, you ugly, duh, duh, you ugly. Yeah, you were all ugly somewhere. And if you think you're just handsome and pretty, well, then you might be full. I mean, you should like yourself. But I'm saying, don't stare at yourself and just focus on you and the mess up or the problem. And just, it's like an ingrown toenail. Anybody ever had an ingrown toenail? They're horrible. If you keep turning in, it just gets worse. Turn out. 
Look to God. Talk to God. Get the focus off of yourself. There's people that are in much worse shape than you will ever be. Come on, you're all here in your right mind. Most of you. Amen. Really what you need is the presence of God and the presence of God will not come while you're focusing on yourself. You begin to focus on God and you have his presence come. Depression and discouragement will go. You focus on your present situation, you're in trouble. You, you look to the future. Look to, look to what God's going to do in the days that are come. A hope and a future he's given you. You might be stuck right now, but who knows? By this time tomorrow, everything can change. You remember the prophet, the Old Testament? prophesied and the king's servant said ah even if there was windows in heaven god couldn't do that he said yeah he's going to do it and you're going to get trampled or something like that listen god can turn your situation around in one second in one second you might be a joseph in a dungeon today well the next day you could be second in command of the greatest nation in one moment everything can change nothing's impossible with god and those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. The to wait on the Lord, shakah, is the Hebrew. It means to be braided. It means, it means to be braided together with the Lord. A threefold cord is not easily broken. When you allow yourself to wait on the Lord, it's to be anticipating, not like, <sighs> I'm waiting. You know, it's how you wait. Waiting on the Lord is, is, is poised with anticipation and expectancy. Ooh, this could be the day. This could be, this could be the day that he comes through. This could be the day that everything changes. From asking questions oh, to claiming God's promises. Listen, why is almost always the wrong question. Why, God? Why? David could have asked why at Ziklag, but he didn't. He asked, what do you want me to do? When we lost our child, we had a baby that died. We knew, we knew well enough not to ever ask why. Because you know why? You don't know how planets don't crash into each other. You don't know how 100,000 light years across. It says God is light. I mean, we just don't understand. We have a finite mind. He's infinite. He knows everything. Why? If God wants you to know why, well, I think he'll tell you. But other than that, and it's good to, it's good to be hungry to seek to know the truth. But if you set yourself in a situation where there's very discouraging, challenging circumstances, and you're pitted on why. Why? Why me? Why did he die? Why does this have to happen? That's just the wrong question, man. Stop. Stop it. Like, what do you want me to do now? Why? It could be a number of things. Fallenness of mankind could be a curse. Could be, could be just the devil's a bad devil. How many of you know that the devil's a bad devil? Devil bad. God good. Try it. It's the greatest revelation I know. Devil bad. God good. Don't start asking questions. Change your questions to, to declaring God's promises. Amen. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. You'll open up windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing, not have room enough to receive it. You've carved me in the palm of your hand. I'm your son. I'm your child. I've been adopted. I've been grafted in. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Amen. You are the Lord my God that healeth thee. In heaven there's no more sickness. There's no tears. God, one day it's all going to be over. Lord, I proclaim and declare your promises of breakthrough, healing, provision you begin to you begin to declare those things I've told this story over and over and I'm not going to preach long to you but I remember when I first got up here nobody ever told me to put heat you know that heat chemical stuff to keep your gas from freezing and I went on this journey to Delta Junction and drove into about 60 below zero it was okay the first night but on the way home the truck started and we had square tires I heard about that I experienced it I mean you know what that is 
Square tires, you know what square tires are? Okay, that's when your, your truck or your vehicle is sat and it's just a little bit flat where it sat and was parked overnight. And when you drive off, that flat spot stays flat and so it's all da 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 and it's kind of unusual. I've never experienced that in Hawaii. Shock, shock. And so we, we, you know, we drove and I just didn't know about putting the heat in. And so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're nowhere. We're, we're 25 miles from, from, uh, from Glen Allen. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. It's about 40 below zero. Actually, my mother was with me and the car froze, man. The gasoline just froze. It gelled. And then the fuel pump died and, and I'm on the side of the road. I mean, it's like my first year here. And I'm thinking, Lord, really? And, and I, didn't, I didn't know to just leave the car. Just, just get in the other vehicle and go get help. Don't stay with the vehicle. But I, I, I didn't, you know, it was, I, I thought they would burn the church truck. I would have been thanking God for insurance, actually, having left it if that had happened. Because if you die, then you wouldn't have a pastor. You know how many of that would be bad? Never mind. Hannah wouldn't have a father. Come on, God saved me. He did. Karen wouldn't have a, a husband. So I'm on the side of the road. They all drive off, and I realize that's probably a mistake. As they drive away, and we've got no cell phone service. <laughs> they drive off, and I'm there, and I, I began to get afraid. I had fear. I mean, I put on my bunny boots and my little jumpsuit and all the cute little stuff that doesn't work at 40 and 50 below. And you, it just, you know, it's nice. It's better than not having it. But after three hours, it doesn't matter what you have on your feet. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the bunny boots, all those awesome white boots. Yeah, praise God. But they weren't keeping my feet warm. And I, and I just began to get tired. I'm kind of like, I want to go to sleep. But I'm thinking, that's a bad idea. Don't go to sleep, you know. And I got discouraged and I got scared. And then fear turned into courage. I'm thinking, Lord, I'm going to die out here. And then it was like, no, you're not. I thought, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. You brought me here for revival. And I started praying the promises of God of why he flew me out of the beautiful island of Kauai eight and a half years ago here to partner with others and see a great move of the Spirit of God. And I claimed the promises of God and everything turned. By the way, I was supernaturally warmed up and then the police came and rescued me. It was awesome. Change your complaining and your murmuring and your why, why. Change that to the Lord says it is written. Boom. Boom, boom. Get in a place of faith and begin to declare it. And you'll watch your emotions will change. Remember your feelings follow your thoughts. From complaining to worshiping God. Lastly. You know, I have found that when you worship the Lord, you just can't stay depressed. I've found that when you lift your voice, I've shouted before. I will tell you, people that are depressed can't shout. I don't know if you've ever seen that. And depression's real. And sometimes it's from biological issues. Sometimes it's hormones. Sometimes, you know, there's there's things that happen from uh, post-adrenaline depression. You could be overtired. I mean, you can can blame the devil for stuff, and I like blaming him for lots of things. You know, why not? But many times it's because today, I'll just tell you today, I, I got back from, uh, I had about five hours of sleep. Our, our mornings, our, our Sundays here are very intense and we love it and wouldn't have it no other way. It's a blessing. But I got home, I'm just thinking, oh God. I mean, I was so tired. I had texts and stuff and it's like, it's kind of blurry. I'm thinking, oh Jesus and I'm looking at my computer and I'm kind of nodding a little bit trying to put the finishing touches on what I'm, gonna sh- what I'm sharing with you right now. And I just felt like this sort of sadness kind of. And I realized, oh, Jesus. So I prayed in the spirit a little bit. And it was like the Lord just said, you're just tired. All right. Okay. So I went to bed, man. I got an awesome 30-minute power nap. Got up ready to kick some tail in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you, some of you are so tired and run down and you eat poorly. Listen, you can't shove Twinkies in your mouth, three square meals of Twinkies, and expect yourself to feel good. <laughs> you, 
you just can't eat junk and, and expect that it's just all going to be good. You're not going to feel good. We're talking about food. Is food spiritual? Well, listen, food's a drug. It causes chemical reactions in your body. Some of you might not be smoking or drinking or popping pills, you know, but you'll eat half a cake. You'll just hork down all the, you'll, you'll eat the entire quart of ice cream and leave none. I'm getting convicted. Anybody else? Praise God. <laughs> and you know, all that sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's not good for you. You know that, right? In st- I'm a beekeeper and I have, I've got uh, 10 hives. Five, I'm trying to winter and I've, I've learned something about bees is interesting is that if you feed them sugar syrup like sugar white sugar syrup or corn syrup it changes the pH of the bee it changes the pH of the bee and they're more susceptible to diseases and I thought mm, I wonder what my pH is <laughs> listen some of you are depressed because of the way you treat your body because you don't exercise and you don't eat right some of you some of you it can be it could be a curse it could be a generational thing that's passed down there's lots of reasons this works though and I everything I taught you tonight will still work and I have found that when God's presence comes depression and discouragement can not stay period and then he'll give you wisdom and he'll help you and I don't mean to poke fun at uh, at at anybody if you're struggling with depression because it's a real thing and I know what it is to to be so depressed I couldn't find myself out of a paper bag I know what it is to feel suicidal and do you know the Lord knows what it is too do you know that when you go read the book you read read about Gethsemane read about how he, he, he was just in anguish of even death He's at all points tempted and knows everything that we experience, he experienced. And when you relate and talk to him about it, talk to your soul and connect with God, he will come and help you and he will set you free. And it might be that you might have to change some things. Sometimes depression is a sign of a blocked goal. I've known people that have gotten depressed because they weren't able to marry somebody. You know, I mean, they had their hearts set on a spouse and that spouse didn't choose them and left. And they got all depressed about it. I've known people that have just wanted to do some great thing, but then it doesn't happen and they get depressed. Don't you think God could set you up and do it for you? So just trust God. Trust his leadership. Trust his timing. And I, I've gotten discouraged when, when I get out of his presence and I get in the flesh and, I, and my prayer life wanes. It is then that I'm susceptible to being depressed and discouraged. If I start feeling depressed and discouraged, I know full on what my problem is. And for me, simply put, I do not have enough prayer. And I got to go back and I got to touch the hem of his garment. And when Jesus touches you, there is nothing that can stay on you. No, not one thing. Not one. Did you get something tonight? Would you stand up on your feet? Hannah, would you come to the piano, please? Come on, just lift your voice. And begin to call on the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Isaiah calls a spirit of despair. God can set you free from despair, from hopelessness, from discouragement. Heavenly Father, we stand before you as your children, thanking and praising you for the finished work of the cross thanking and praising you for the precious promises over 7,500 promises of the word of God that are yes and amen. Thanking you that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Thanking you, God, that you know the end from the beginning. Goodness, (laughs) you are the end 
and you are the beginning. You are the Alpha and the Omega. Forgive us for where we've been so self-centered or self-consumed, where we've murmured and where we've complained and taken our eyes off of you, the author and the perfecter of this good work that you've begun. And you will complete it into the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to set our eyes on you. Help us to set our affection on you. And when we go through difficult times, to know there's no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man and God will make a way of escape. And that you can help us. That you will bring streams in the desert. If my wife was here, I'd have her testify. We lost that child. I mentioned that we lost a child. Some of you heard this testimony, but it's powerful. She could not feel God's presence for 11 months. Now, that for us is like unthinkable. That's like, I, I can't even imagine that. Some of you might not know what I'm talking about, but God's presence to us is real. And, it, and He's every day. And without Him, I, there's something very wrong if I don't sense His presence. And, and I'm stopping whatever I'm doing to get back to his presence and to, and, to, and to get my peace and to walk with him and to talk with him. And sometimes I get in a rush. And, but for 11 months, she didn't experience the presence of God. Let me tell you what she did. Everything. She went to church. She prayed. She fasted. She gave, she witnessed, and she did everything just out of an obedient heart because she knew that was the thing to do. And part of it was postpartum. There was hormones. The other part is, hello, you lost a baby. That's tough. You lose somebody, that's real, that's difficult. You're grieving. And after 11 months, I, I remember what happened. There were some people that were contending for a 24-hour prayer, and they would come. There's only three or four women, and their piano player didn't show up. They couldn't make it, and they just wanted to have piano. And they knew what my wife was going through, and we lived across the street from the church. So they came and knocked on the door and said, Karen, won't you please play? And, and my wife plays piano a little bit. She said, I haven't played in years. I just, please, what, it doesn't matter. Just, just do whatever you can do. It doesn't matter what it is. And they basically begged. And they prayed, God, please help her right now. They knew it was the Lord that she would come and play. And so I said, honey, you need to go. Just go. And she's like, Phew. she went. And she played for about three hours. And they played and they worshiped and they sang and they played and worshiped and they sang. And she came home that night. And I remember looking at her going, ooh, something's different. She went to sleep that night. I will never forget this as long as I live. A deep depression that she was in. And she sat straight up in bed in the morning. Woke up before I did, which is a miracle. Sat straight up in bed. Oh, oh God, thank you. Oh, thank you. And she starts weeping and crying. She goes, it's this thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and she said it's over it's over it's over and she looked at me and we hugged and we wept and we cried and it was over there are times when the enemy can put things that happen like that you've got to contend what are you going to do quit where are you going to go I tried the psychiatrist thing there's a lot of benefits there but without the power of God I mean there can be there can be a lot of destruction too. You can only get the kind of healing if that person's healed. How many of you know there's some perverted psychiatrists? All right, just, just telling you, you know, there's some that you don't want to listen to. There's some very godly ones and, and powerful ministers of the gospel too. Don't quit. Don't give in. Start worshiping God. Change your focus from your own self and your own wants and your own desires to the Lord do what the psalmist did and you know what you'll find you'll find peace like a river you'll find joy like a fountain and you will find depression and anxiety and all of that stuff will run 
like a dog with its tail between its legs. And all you will hear is, I, I, I. Just wave goodbye to the depression dog. I, I, I. Did you get something? Come on, let's just worship the Lord for a moment. I didn't preach long time. I'm going to close, but let me see if the Spirit of God wants to do something else tonight. Lord, we worship you and bless you and thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we bless you. no one like you Jesus every head bowed every eye closed if you're not right with God won't you get right with him right now won't you give your heart to Jesus maybe it's a recommitment or maybe it's the first time if you've never given your heart to Jesus won't you do it now if you've drifted in your walk with the Lord won't you come home Won't you come home? Sin separates you from God. But Jesus became sin for us. He died on a cross. He rose again from the grave. And when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we're saved. Our sin is thrown as far as the east is from the west. He takes out the heart of stone and he puts in the heart of flesh. He'll heal you. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the gospel. I'm talking about the good news. It's good news. You can't earn it. You have to receive it by faith. Confident assurance of what you cannot see. He died over two millennia ago. He rose again from the grave in accordance with over 300 scriptures. Sir, if you're going to bet on anything, I'd bet on the one who split time. I'd bet on the one whose name is Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. I bet on him. Have faith in him. Receive him tonight. Don't hesitate. Don't, 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 don't wait. Say, well, I, I don't understand. I know I hardly understand either. I just know it's true. It's the truth of God's word. You can pull this book apart from Genesis to Revelation, and it will never contradict itself not once and if you find contradictions in it it's only because you're not trained and educated in how to study it 66 different books written in three different continents authors from farmers to noblemen and it all says the same thing it's amazing it's the word of God and God's word to you tonight is that he loves you And he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. And you need to receive him. All across this place, every eye closed, head bowed. If that's you, you want to get right with Jesus for the first time. Or you want to make a recommitment because you drifted away in your walk with the Lord. On the count of three, I want you just to slip your hand up. You want to be included in this prayer. You want to make Jesus your Lord, your Savior. You want your sins forgiven. You want heaven to be your home. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three three do right now god bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you anybody else god bless you all the way in the back i see that hand god bless you praise god anybody else just lift your hand high listen don't don't look about it what anybody else is doing just between you and god lift your hand lift your hand high if you want to receive jesus god bless you all the way in the back pray this prayer right out loud say dear jesus Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill and touch, heal and bless each and everyone here right now. Like a wave of your presence come. Depression. If you
you struggle with depression and discouragement, I want to pray for you. Step out from where you are and come make a line right across the front. Service is almost over. You have depression. You're struggling with depression and discouragement. Just come right now. We'll wave goodbye to that thing right now. Going to get touched. Going to get healed. Go and just lift your hands to Jesus. Anybody else? Come. People are coming. Father, in the name that's above every other name. Titanic biblical proportion battle and it has been challenging I almost can hear I can I can hear the battle that has gone on over you for your life for your calling and that which God has for you the Lord shows me that you're a great man very gifted talented highly intelligent Tremendous gifts, even gifts of the Spirit. There was a time when it was like a shards of glass just sort of went into your heart. And really a wounding took place. Lord is healing you tonight. He's healing you. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, every wound be healed. Thank you for this man of God, a man of excellence, man of faith. Touch him, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, touch and heal. Joel 2.25, I'll restore all the wasted years and God's doing a tremendous restoration and healing even in your life. Father, bless, touch, heal.
close. Sir, I saw God giving you wisdom. In fact, you're a man of wisdom. Uh, you know things. Uh, you know things not only about people, but about structures and uh, even programs. I see you being given wisdom concerning uh, investments, wisdom concerning the things that are before you, that you, you really need some wisdom. The Bible says, ask of me and I will give you wisdom. And God is going to give you a download of wisdom and you are going to know which way to go. You're going to know exactly what to do. There's a, like a fork in the road that's before you and your family. And I'm gonna, I am showing you, I'm leading you, I am guiding you, I am blessing you. There's just been some tremendous things of discouragement that have tried to come against you. But, but it's all changing. Even tonight, something's changed. Something's shifted. And I see you taking the right way. I see you choosing the right way. And I see a path of light just blazing right before you. And you're going to find joy and hope and strength. Lord, thank you for this family. God, we bless them right now. Lord, touch them. I pray for healing, Lord. Physical healing. Blessing of God. Every ailment, I command you to go. The blessing of heaven to flow right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for this family. We curse the work and operation, Lord, even of infirmity in the name of Jesus. Would you take my hand? Even infirmity. with this whole family just step out Jonathan oh I didn't know you struggled with things here praise God he's a healer isn't he just diagnosed with what well we curse MS in Jesus name and father in the name of Jesus cause everything to be reversed has been the operation even of a curse that's tried to light upon this family that even the other siblings and different ones you'll see that's come down from generational lines I see even as I have my hands laid upon you uh, some some things about masonry and uh, an eastern star I see some things like that uh, I, and, I, and it's it's really a work from hell and I break the hold I break every vow I, I break every assignment in the name of Jesus I pray now Lord, release your blessing. The blood of Jesus, it breaks every curse. I command the blessing now upon them. These people love you. I sense that. I feel that they've served you over the years. Lord, even in dry seasons, have been faithful. Lord, I pray now, release your power. Break the curse over this entire family, over all of the children, even the cousins, Lord, and those related. On the mother's side, on the bloodlines of their mother and the bloodlines of the father, Lord, we speak life and freedom, wholeness and healing, blessing. Everybody say blessing. One, two, three. Blessing in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for God. Amen. Amen. Take someone by the hand tonight. Good job. Take someone by the hand. Father, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that depression, sickness, anxiety, God's cool, isn't he? <laughs> it cannot stay. We declare favor. We declare the joy of the Lord is our strength. We will not be robbed by anything that the enemy would throw at us. You are the answer. Let your presence come. May we carry your presence to our homes. Be sensitive to you, to your leading, to your guiding, and to your direction. In the name of Jesus, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance, swords them. Be gracious to them. Keep them.
give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you Wednesday night. Now we got two services Wednesday night. We have our regular Holy Ghost night at 7 o'clock. Then at 10, we're going to have a New Year's praying in the New Year's watch night service. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.